of the living geek. Moshi Moshi, and welcome to episode 20 of Super Segoy Cast. I'm Justin. And I'm sick, but very, I'm also Alex. Very sick. So. So if she sounds funny, you know why. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to not cough all over the mic, but <laughs> no promises. <laughs> um, so this episode is going to be airing just after Super Segoy Cast's first anniversary. Yay! Wee! Um, we're actually really excited to be <laughs> You sound really excited. Well, I'm trying to stay even keel. I don't want to yell in everybody's ear. I'm actually really excited to have been known to be doing this for a year. It's kind of cool. I'd say it's an accomplishment. Yeah. yeah, it's quite the dedication. <laughs> and hopefully, Seeing as how it's just something we do for fun. Yeah, you know, and hopefully get some more years out of this. Consistency is the key. Consistency. And speaking of consistency, we watched the next six episodes of Ace of Diamond, 7 through 12 of 75 episodes. Yes, quite a bit of episodes still. Yes, <laughs> and I still want to watch every single one of them. Well, we can watch them on Crunchyroll, and I actually found a new site called Anime Planet. You don't need a membership to sign up because it uses the video streams from Crunchyroll and Hulu. Oh. So it brings them in, and you can watch them from their site. It's like a, a weird third-party thing. But, Interesting. Yeah, but it it is all still legal and free and everything because they're getting their stuff from Crunchyroll and from Hulu. Is there, like, ads kind of like what country rule does if you don't subscribe to their website yes. when i looked um I, I loaded up an episode and there were three ads in it mm -hmm. so it's not a whole lot i mean uh, i can deal with that okay. and if you do have Crunchyroll, which we do it loaded up through the Crunchyroll thing for me and it logged into our account oh. so i went to the hulu version to see what that was like and it had mm -hmm. the commercials so i don't know about Crunchyroll, but i know you can log in without an account because i had my brother do it all right cool so we finished off the last episode with Sawa Mura finishing out pitching against the third years and doing okay, I guess. Not great, but surviving. And based on that, he made the second string, which I guess in high school terms for us is JV. Yep. Junior varsity. Yay! That's how I knew it. They yeah. said second string, and I didn't quite know what that meant. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like JV in high school terms. And then Furuya made the varsity team. He was first string. And Sawamura was kind of jealous about that because he wanted that spot. But, I mean, at least he's on the team. You know, he's not excited about it, but he's excited because... Because he's still on the team. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he wanted to be first string and he was mad. And he's like, well, I'm just back to running and doing practices. But um, the new friend he made, uh, Haruichi, mm -hmm. mentions to him that, hey, second string still gets to play games too because on the weekends, they're double headers. Yeah. So even though when they get to like the tournaments and stuff like that, he won't be playing, he still gets to play for now. And so they get set up with catchers. Sawamura wanted to really be teamed up with Miyuki because he's the one that was kind of helping him out in the first place. And he's really good and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But instead, he gets teamed up with this guy named Chris. And they don't like each other very much. No, it's it's really bad. Um, Chris is a third year who... He's American, for yes. one. Yeah, he's Half. American, for one. Yeah, and he ends up getting hurt, and so he's on the second string as a catcher due to that injury, and he's kind of trying to work himself back to being a third string. In the meeting where Salamura meets Chris, he completely ignores Chris in the introduction and goes, well, how come I can't be with Miyuki? And Chris kind of really they show this like stern face, and he's mad, and like makes Salamura shake his hand. 
And I thought that was kind of like really a significant part in the show because it kind of shows like they both don't like each other, but they're still going to do what they're told. I mean, I would be mad too if the person was like, well, I don't want you. I want to be with this person. Exactly. And I, especially as a third year, you're like, you're supposed to be showing me respect, especially in Japan. You're... And what makes things even worse is that Chris won't catch for him. No. He, he just kind of keeps giving him exercises. And he, it seems like he's doing a lot of meaningless tasks instead of actually teaching him how to pitch. Mm-hmm. So Sawamura is getting really, really frustrated with that. He doesn't see the meaning behind these exercises. Right. And you learn that Chris is actually really smart. Not as a player, but also as, like, a manager. Yeah, he knows, like, everything there is to know about baseball. Yeah, and he's seen Salvatore pitch, and so he knows that he's kind of got these, like, flexibility things going on, which makes him kind of a unique pitcher. And all these tasks that he's giving him is to help him strengthen while hopefully preventing injuries down the line. And, you know, don't forget, Sawamura doesn't know that Chris is as injured as he really is. Mm-hmm. So Chris is always leaving their practice sessions early, and he's just making him do all of these random things. And then Sawamura gets mad, and he goes and, like, follows him, or somebody tells them where to find him. Mm-hmm. And he walks in on him at his physical therapy session. And he's like, oh, I didn't realize that this was happening. Yeah. And he, his whole mindset just changes after that. You go into the situation thinking, man, this guy doesn't care about baseball anymore. He's a third year on the second stream who's given up. And really, it's because he's trying to help himself improve. Yeah. My mindset would change drastically as well. I wouldn't feel pity, but I would feel so bad myself for judging this guy so harshly for no reason. Right. And especially after seeing that this guy did all of this stuff and hurt himself, Mm -hmm. you know, when he didn't have to, that means that he was pushing himself so hard. Yeah, so he finally starts taking Chris's exercises seriously, and then on top of that, he's really pushing hard to make the first string for summer tournament that's coming up, Mm -hmm. and if he doesn't do well in these upcoming games, he has the possibility of not making first string and just basically sitting in the stands with the rest of the team. Right. Or the rest of the players who didn't make it for the year. Yeah, because what's the point of him being on the team if he can't pitch? Exactly. Or if he can't control his pitch? Exactly. So just with Chris helping him, he also ends up learning a towel exercise from the coach, which is quite surprising because the coach doesn't really like Salamura either because of his, again, disrespect, which is unintentional, but happens because he's kind of arrogant in a weird way. The towel move is kind of weird in itself, too, because when you look at it at first, you're like, what? Okay. But there is a lot of really good meaning behind it, and it helps out the flexibility and stuff, and it ends up working Mm -hmm. for him quite a bit because he gets to practice the motions and practice like with all the tension and stuff that would come of of throwing an actual ball except that you're not getting the strain in your muscles. It's kind of like running yeah. in water. You yeah, know? you know, and like throwing the towel in a specific way, you kind of learn how to get like that whip. Really working on his form, I thought that was really cool. It was like, again, I really enjoy people evolving. And yeah. that to me was a stage in his evolving to be a first string player. Well, it was really neat to see because they explained everything. And like I've said before, this show is so technical that like it shows you all of these things in details and it explains every little thing. And it's really fascinating Mm -hmm. because it's not stuff that you would normally think of, but you know, sometimes it's just a little too much, but not at this point. This point I was like, oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, and it works. He ends up getting like much, much faster, but since he's faster, he doesn't have as much control Mm -hmm. with his aiming. So he's just kind of throwing it, and it's going everywhere. Which is always an issue with him anyway, because he doesn't throw a straight fastball anyway. It's always a moving fastball, and if you don't know where it's going to move, 
you don't know where to aim it. So they end up putting him in on this game, and he pitches, and he gets the team into this terrible situation where the bases are loaded and there's no outs. So it's like, well, crap. Now what do I do? Chris, his now mutual senpai, like they, they, they <laughs> a mutual they, senpai, <laughs> his senpai that they mutually like each other now, I guess. Yeah, they're weird, frenemies. They're frenemies, but like they're actually more friends now. Comes into the game, and because of him coming into the game, they end up having what they say is a battery basically a catcher and a pitcher being formed really well together Mm -hmm. and they end up getting out of it with none of those runs scoring chris saves it in Mm -hmm. three pitches basically yeah which is awesome and it just kind of shows that they are now becoming a really good pair yeah he doesn't need miyuki to do well exactly and that that's really good for sawamoto to know because now he knows that he can team up with other people Mm -hmm. and he gets that really that team aspect coming out of it it's not just him he wants to be an ace and he thinks oh well if i'm the ace it's all on my shoulders i don't really need to care about the other eight people even though he knows he should and it's fun to play with them he's not taking it in the team atmosphere right and now he gets it one of the good things is chris comes in and shows his use so he actually gets to play even more which is good because he was about to leave. And in playing more, he actually almost hurts himself again from overdoing it. Right, because he's still in physical therapy. His shoulder is not healed all the way. Mm-hmm. So he's he came back a little prematurely to kind of push the team forward a little bit and show how much he loves and supports the team. Mm-hmm. And so. really try to help groom Salaramura in the right direction. And the next team that they're facing notices this. Mm-hmm. So when Chris is there with Sawamura, they try to take him out. They start aiming at Chris to overuse his shoulder mm-hmm. and make him useless in the rest of the game. They, they steal a lot. They're getting big leads and like trying to bait him to throw the ball to the base. Right. Just making him continuously throw the ball places he doesn't need to at that time. Exactly. And by doing so, they're trying to wear him down. And it works for the most part. But once it's their team's turn to bat, Sato's turn, Chris ends up actually scoring thanks to the help of Sawamura and Haruichi. Mm-hmm. And they really helped him because that was his final game. Yeah. And there was just so much emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, they really, it was it was his last moment and he shone. It, to me, again, it really shows the connection that Chris and Sawamura had together mm-hmm. in forming that battery. They know it's going to be Chris's last game just due to the injury. He's not going to be able to play in the summer tournament, and he's a third year, so this is his last, last, time last game. in high school in general. Exactly. Yeah. So that it just really shows you that bond that sports can have, and with them specifically, and you even feel for Chris at this point. Yeah, um, I did. So it's, <laughs> it's really nice to see him ache at the fact that he's not going to be able to play with Chris anymore. Right. He wasn't so selfish. Exactly. Yeah, he grew as a person. I really like the show. Um, I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Yeah. I'll keep watching until I get bored, you know? Yeah. But I think I'm going to get bored at some point. I can see that Just happening. because. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird because you aren't bored by Haikyuu, but you're bored by this one. Well, like I said, Haikyuu is about the people and the team, mm-hmm. whereas this is just about baseball. I mean, this is about the people in the team as well, but I think Not because really. there's so many people, it's too much for you. Because Haikyuu guess... is the same thing. It's all about volleyball. You actually see more volleyball played in Haikyuu than you do baseball being played in Seda, uh, yeah. uh, Ace of Diamond. That's true, but they don't focus on all the little technical terms. They don't mm-hmm. focus on how they throw the ball and they all the tiny... kind of Kind of. Not so much, yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's okay. more technical. Yeah. 
So. Well, I really like the technical aspect, and plus I really love baseball. I'm going to watch the hell out of this show, plus the second season when it comes out. So well, the second season's already up. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> when I get to it, I'm going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, there you go, when you get to it. So I actually found some cool notes. We, we were talking about, you know, not knowing exactly if they were baseball high schools or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually didn't find out about that, but <laughs> but I did find out that they do have the um, nationals. They mm-hmm. have the, the tournaments in the spring and the summer, and they have it at a very specific stadium. It's the Koshian Stadium near Kobe, and it's actually the oldest ballpark in Japan, and it was built specifically for that reason, to, huh. ho- to host the national high school tournaments. That's really cool. I thought so, yeah. So it was actually built all the way back in 1924. Wow. Like, pretty much right after baseball was introduced to Japan. Yeah, that's really cool. So it, it took off, you could say. Um, I remember seeing some videos a while back of a team that, uh, really important game, I don't know if it was part of Nationals or if it was their chance to make it to Nationals, they lost it, they ended up standing on the sidewalk, Oh yeah. bowing to all the cars that came to watch the game mm-hmm. in downpour, in a downpour, yeah. and just sitting there bowing and bowing, like really thanking everybody for came- coming, and also as like a team thing, since they lost that game, they all shaved their head. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, they also stay behind and clean up the stadium, too, don't yes. they? Just a random fact I thought I'd mention, something I remembered in the spur of the moment. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it just shows how much respect they have, mm-hmm. you know? The Koshin Stadium is also the professional home for the Hanshin Tigers. Baseball announcer, there <laughs> I go. <laughs> the Hanshin Tigers, since they are technically the second reason for the stadium, mm-hmm. when they have the summer tournaments, they should be having regular baseball season at that point. So mm. the Tigers actually go on like a three-week away game streak, so oh, that wow. way the tournaments can take place where they're supposed to. That's really cool. I thought so. Do you like ice cream? I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I do, but, you know, my um, lactose intolerance doesn't allow me to enjoy it for very long. <laughs> um, some just more fun baseball stuff. Baskin Robbins created a limited edition ice cream flavor, the Tiger Stripe, to be sold only at the stadium for this year's spring Koshian tournament. Whee! So it'll only be there for like a month or two months or something like that. I wish they would do it here just as let us celebrate it and try their flavor. I want to I know. know what the tiger stripe flavor is. Well, it's I read what it was. It was oh. cream and black licorice. caramel. Tigers are orange and black. So I thought it would be like orange sherbet or like a black licorice flavor. It's some sort of cream flavor with a caramel ribbon on the inside. It's like toasted caramels or something. So it sounds good to me. Sounds you know? better than black licorice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do not like that. And that as an ice cream flavor, I think, would be horrible. <laughs> no. Just horrible. I'm sure it exists somewhere, but, you know. All right. So we, we kind of run our show off of some notes. That way we have some organization to the show. And I see a note here that says curse of the colonel. Oh, yeah. I am wondering what that could possibly be. <laughs> so I came across that. Apparently, the Tigers are not a very good baseball team. <laughs> well, they, then uh, it's not a good reason to be their fan, I guess. Well, no, actually, they have some of the most rabid fans out there. Their fans are crazy. Like, didn't we watch a documentary about that? Yes, we okay. did. They're the ones that are in the bars and they get nuts, and you know they have all their songs and they sing all their stuff. And well, anyway, so this underwhelming team has been around for quite some time. They've only won the Japan series one time. And that one time was way back in 1985. Just before I was born. Yes, 
just before I was born, too. Just after I was just born. Just after you born. I can, Do you know your age? I can math. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, when the Tigers did win the Japan Series for this first and only time, they had fans who looked like Tigers players jump into the Dotanbori Canal that was right next door. So, well, they had an American first baseman named Randy Bass at the time, mm-hmm. and none of the fans resembled him because they weren't American. So they did what was the next best thing <laughs> in their eyes, and they grabbed a life-size statue of Colonel Sanders from a nearby KFC, <laughs> and they threw him into the river instead. <laughs> well, okay. they tried to get the statue back out, but the statue was an actual legitimate like statue. So it's, it was just no way. Right, yeah, they couldn't find it. So he's lost somewhere in the canal. So it's like an actual curse. Like, yeah. They that's were, just awesome luck. Yeah, so the curse says that they're doomed until the colonel's returned back to his rightful place, right? Well, during the years where the team's doing, like, terrible, mm-hmm. the KFCs in Kobe and Osaka actually move their Colonel Sanders statues inside the buildings until the series is over to protect them from the Tigers fans. <laughs> because they, they, it has happened before where they've taken them and thrown them and it didn't work because it's not the same statue. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so in 2009, they're still looking for this statue because they have not won the Japan Series since. They actually found the top half of the statue. Mm -hmm. It was recovered. They pulled it out and everything with machinery and stuff, but it was missing a hand, and it's also missing his glasses. Okay, then shortly after, they found the bottom half of the statue, Mm -hmm. but the original home is also closed. So what they did was they put the statue back together as much as they could, and the statue is now at the closest KFC to Koshien Stadium. (laughs) And it's actually there. You can go and take pictures with it and stuff. Have they won anything since? No. They still have not won. (laughs) And it's probably because he can't get back to his rightful home, and he's missing his hand and his glasses. He's not Colonel Sanders without his glasses. All right, so (laughs) to go on about curses of curses and things of this nature, sure, they've cursed themselves but at least they've won once. Yes. There are still sports teams out there that have been around <laughs> probably just as long, if not longer, that have yet to win an actual Thing. World Series or anything. Yeah. There is a very well-known curse here in American baseball Oh, there's as a well. ton of them, actually. There's a, yeah, but this is probably the most well-known. I'm sure, as everybody knows, that's probably going to listen to the show if they don't. Maybe heard whispers of it. Yeah, now you know. Is what's known as the Curse of the Bambino. And the Bambino is referencing Babe Ruth. That was one of his nicknames. He was a Red Sox for a long time and was really good. And during that time, the team did really well. Well, after winning several World Series together, they sold him to the Yankees. They did. Which then began the drought of 86 years of not winning the World (laughs) Series. That is a long time. It is. 86 years is like forever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So 86 years not winning a World Series. And during that time, the Red Sox were declining. And he went to the Yankees. And at that point, the Yankees started climbing. And there involved the Red Sox-Yankee rivalry. Which has been still strong today since I've grown up watching baseball. It is ridiculous. Yeah, and it's kind of funny you say that too. Because Babe Ruth actually went to Koshan Stadium mm-hmm. a long time ago to help promote baseball. Mm-hmm. They have, by the um, the entryway into the Koshan Stadium, mm-hmm. they have a whole plaque that like commemorates his visit there back <laughs> in like the 1920s or the 1930s. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> well, this curse actually has been broken, though. It has. And in a weird way, it was broken during the World Series uh, playoffs by beating the Yankees. <laughs> the Red Sox were down. Actually, I remember this series 
I watched it. And I'm sure it was a lot of people. Amazing. So in the very first round of the playoffs, which there's I think three, not including World Series, they were down 0-3 of a best of seven to the Yankees. They then won four straight games against the Yankees. Then won four straight games against the next team. Uh-huh. Four straight games again, and then won the World Series in four straight games. <laughs> and then the stadium blew up. <laughs> Basically, it was like that was the way they needed to break the curse. They did yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't think if they've won any more ever since. I don't no, remember. But, but if there's any way to come back from an 84 year old curse, 86, 86 year old curse, that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what would happen if the Hunshin Tigers ended up winning. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Japan would blow up. The whole yeah. country would just be gone. <laughs> That would be terrible. (laughs) Enough about baseball. I think we should move on. (laughs) Okay, so we got into, I'm not going to say a weird anime, but it's definitely darker. Yes, oh, for sure. And slower. Don't know if I like it or not yet. Oh, really? I I really like it a lot. It's not evolving fast enough for me, I think. Mm. So we'll see. The anime we're watching is called Erased, and it's pretty new. It just got its final episode a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. put up online to stream. So we watched episodes one through six out of the 12 total. You can find the anime on Crunchyroll, Hulu, Funimation, and Anime Planet. Which is that new one you were just talking about? Yep. Neat. It actually isn't just known as Erased. That's the American title. It has a Japanese name. I'm going to attempt it for you guys, and I'm probably going to butcher the (laughs) hell out of it. Get ready for his baseball announcer voice. (laughs) God, I can't stop it now, especially now that you mentioned it. Oh, my bad. Um, So it is Boku Dake ga Inai Machi, otherwise known as the town where only I am missing. That that wasn't that bad, actually. I feel like it was eh. Oh, only because you like paused after every word. Because I wanted to make sure I said it right. Because <laughs> I tend to mess some stuff up sometimes. It's okay. Lack it's of confidence in Japanese is probably your worst enemy. Yeah. The plot for this anime, Satoru Fujinuma is a 29-year-old pizza delivery guy with the ability that he calls revival. It's essentially like deja vu, except he's able to change recent events. Like the butterfly effect. Yeah. Except this, it's only like one to five minutes. So he'll get it and then he'll see what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, something that just happened a few minutes ago. So that's what happens to him. And he has no real control over when it happens. It kind of just happens. And then he looks around trying to figure out what's different. Exactly. Well, in one of these instances, something really terrible happens. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it's big. And he ends up being taken back like ridiculously long longer than he's ever been taken back before, all the way to when he was 10, and he has to try and stop his classmates from being kidnapped back in 1988. So you can see where I was saying it's darker. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of violence and and abuse and things like that. I wouldn't say a lot of, but it's definitely not hidden when talking about it, kind of showing the aftermath of said abuse. It can be emotional, I guess, for people who... Yeah, I would say there are definitely triggers here. Yeah, so... If you have some sort of background or you know somebody that has that sort of background, yeah, just, just be aware that it could bring up some stuff. Yeah, and so, like I was saying, it's darker. Um, not as dark as Berserk, by any means. That, well, it's that, darker in a different way. It, yeah, darker in a different way. It's more emotional. It's right up your alley. It, it technically is, yeah, because my Netflix queue is full of true crime and crime dramas and history mystery things. If, if it's a murder <laughs> mystery or a crime mystery, you watch it. <laughs> Pretty much, so I'm, I'm enjoying this. So the first six episodes, you see Satoru's life as an adult. He's not really happy or fulfilled. Yeah, he's um, really bored. You kind of get really... 
right away you get thrown into him being denied being a manga artist, I believe yes. it is, or maybe just turning in a manga to like a news article place. I don't really know how it works. Yeah, probably a publisher. Rather Publ- than publisher. There we go. Publisher is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> so you see him get denied and then go back to his life as a pizza delivery person. And the publisher tells him, you're too closed off. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to sell stories, you're not putting yourself in the stories. You need to connect more, basically. Right. Um, so he's not saying that his manga's bad, there's just no connection. And exactly. you want people to connect with you. And then right after that, we learn about his revival ability, his deja vu, because he ends up saving a kid from being hit by a truck. You kind of get a very glimpse of it. Yeah, and you don't quite know what's going to happen with Mm -hmm. it. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe he's going to, I don't know, try to be a superhero or something. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know until until after. And then, like you had mentioned, an incident happens, and he ends up reviving the biggest gap he's ever had where he appears in 1988 when he's 10. And he realizes, oh, this is when my classmates were kidnapped and murdered. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should do something to try to stop that. (laughs) So that's what he does. So he ends up spending his time trying Mm -hmm. to get close to those classmates, specifically the very first one that Mm -hmm. sets off the chain, and he's having a difficult time doing that. He revived back to being 10 years old, but he still has the mind and knowledge of when he was 29. Yes, he's still an adult in a child's body. He sees certain things and it triggers him his memories, and he remembers certain conversations, and he ends up remembering the timelines and things happening. Even if slight different things happen during that part of the timeline he's in presently, he still kind of ends up ending the same way with just slightly different results. Which is enough sometimes. Yeah. You know. I don't want to give it away, but uh, he ends up flashing back to being an adult, though. And when he's back in the present, he's still accused of this giant crime that happened before, Mm -hmm. and he's on the run from the cops. So he tries to get help, and he ends up getting caught, but in the very, very last scene, when he's getting arrested... We see the person who kind of set him up to make it look like he was the one behind the crimes that have recently happened in his life. Right. Um, we don't get a real good look at this person's face. No, it's always covered. We it, see that they're, his eyes are red. Mm-hmm, and but, he's wearing glasses, and he's always in a suit. But the fact that he has red eyes doesn't really mean anything no. because in this anime, it seems like whenever a person has like an evil tendency, mm-hmm. their eyes are just red for moments and then they go back to whatever colors they were you supposed know, to be. You know, just kind of show you like the difference that's like, like anime just kind of give you like the evilness. They right. kind of do something like that. Yeah. Um, Not always because sometimes there are just anime characters with red eyes. True. True. Really the difference between like this anime and like a, a shonen one, which tends to be what we do watch, it's not happy go lucky there's no right. lovable idiot well that and i say the biggest difference is in the shonen animes mm-hmm. they're the main characters are all kids they're all you know 13 14 15 years old you know and i kind of thought that this was where this was where it was gonna go i thought the whole show was gonna be about his revival when he was 10 years old right until it flashed back to him being an adult yeah so my mindset has slightly changed on that thought but i thought it was going to be like that and you know with this one it's focusing mm-hmm. on him not being a child. It's true. Most shonens that we have watched is usually they're in their early teens and yeah. them growing up, especially after the years. it's targeted at kids that age. You know, the only one I have watched where they're not actually that young, they're young, but they're not that young, is One Piece. Um, oh, yeah. Luffy is probably the youngest of the main characters, and at that time when the show started, he's 17 or 18 years old. Oh, yeah, that's um, pretty old. When you see the flashback, he's three years younger than Ace, and Ace, when you meet him, is like 20. So Luffy's 17 or 18 at that point. Yeah. And then everybody else on his ship is 
probably in their low 20s. That's true. So that's an older one for sure. But, but it still has all the same stuff in it. Though. Same stuff, but it's actually a little bit darker too yeah. in terms of fighting and more violence well, being that's, shown. Exactly. That's probably why he's like 18 and not, you know, 15. 15, like Naruto. Yeah. Anyway, so there's those differences and it's definitely not funny. Yeah, it's a lot more serious. It's not like bright and bubbly and whatever, but the animation is still very clean and mm. much more on the rounded side mm-hmm. than it is more angular like Haikyuu, you know? It, it looks really nice. Yeah, I like it. It's fun to look at. So it's pretty. I'm hoping these next six episodes, which unfortunately I already know the next episode's not part of the six episodes and continuing the story. Oh yeah, it's like a, it's a, 6.5, which yeah. is just a recap. And so. since it just started, I'm pretty sure they probably did the first six, six episodes and then there was a gap. Mm-hmm. And so the 6.5 episode was to kind of be like a reminder, hey, this is what's happened so far. So I look forward to watching the rest of this. I'm hoping it gets better. If it doesn't really pick up in speed, I'm sure it's going to be like uh, the Guardian of the Spirit, and I'm not going to oh, continue yeah. with it because well, of just how slow that was. There's only 12 episodes. I know, but I'm saying like if they come out with more on top of that. Oh, I see. Like a season two, you mean? Yeah, something. If, yeah. if it can go that way. We don't know yet. So right. we'll let you guys know. If anybody else is enjoying it mm-hmm. or not enjoying it, let us know because we would love to hear from you. And again, we're willing to watch kind of any anime Uh, At least give it a shot. So if there's anything you guys want to suggest to us, we'll take a look and see what we can do. We actually did get another request from Twitter user Sinok, who told us to watch a cycling anime. I so, look forward to that. Yeah, so we put that in our queue, and we'll be getting to that in a couple of weeks. Awesome. In the sad news world. In the sad news. <laughs> on the sad path that we've begun being on, PlayStation has shut down the PS2 online servers. Aww. You can no longer play PS2 sports online games or shooters or any of that good stuff. You can obviously still play your PS2 because you have the games. Yes. You just can't communicate with people. Right. So even when you log in, there's no playstation network mm-hmm. anymore because yeah. that's online yeah i'm sure playstation 3's sooner or later is going to shut down too yeah but seeing as how long it took for the playstation 2 to shut down it's probably going to be quite a while for the mm. ps3 japan likes to hold on to its old technology that it does as you can see because nintendo just announced that they're no longer going to do repairs for the first generation ds systems after this month that's crazy do you know how long ago those came out Over 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Over 10 years. That's a long time to still repair those things. Yes. The DS actually launched in 2004, which is 12 years, 12 years ago, and they've had five updated versions since. So it's kind of amazing that they were still even doing repairs yeah, on the DS. You, you get first like generations. Americanized things that have been upgraded, and it's it's been 30 days, yeah, and they're like, like nope, iPhones. we won't repair it anymore. <laughs> You're screwed. Good exactly. luck. Well, this is too old for us. I'm kind of sad about the PS2 servers, though. Why? Because, I I don't know, that was like my first real online console When's the last time thing? you played a PS2 game with a server being required? Actually, I didn't really do it that way. I used to just like to log in and see my friends and see what games they were playing and whatever because you would cycle through like the lobby mm-hmm. and you would see all of your playstation me's they weren't me's but they were little playstation peoples yeah you know okay but i'm just saying like that was my first real like uh, there were other online games like computer systems Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but that was my first online console okay so it was just kind of like oh you were saying actually thinking about it that you all those sports games you won't be able to play online anymore or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm sure they'll upgrade them and just have them available to like re-download on the ps4 the ps3 or whatever why I don't know. You just buy the new well, Madden and play the new Madden why, servers. Why bother re-release old games, old retro games for the newer consoles? 
Well, they, oh, I can see those being redone, but sports games, they, they re-release those every year when they make it a new version. Just saying. like Maybe one day those will be classics. I always want to play Barry Sanders and just run all over fools. You know what game I used to... I assume you're talking about football. Yes. Okay, I'm not a big football person. But I used to love playing Bases Loaded 2 on Nintendo, the very first one. <laughs> no idea what game that is. Really? It's a baseball game. Nope. Oh. No, well. I only remember, like, uh, Ken Griffey. Oh, that, yeah. That was a good one. And then probably my most favorite, like, sports game back on, like, Punch Nintendo. Out? Punch Out? No. Oh. Um... Probably uh, Blitz, NFL Blitz, I think oh, is what it was called. Oh, jeez. Because it's just the stupid rules. Yeah, that was terrible. That they tried to then make real life with NFL, well, not the NFL, but the... Uh... Oh, the XFL. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, I, we just have season tickets to the XFL. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. The San Francisco Demons. Uh, so terrible. <laughs> We're getting off topic anyway. Um, yes. Well, going back into the, the actual game stuff then, um, Nintendo... Speaking of Nintendo, is unveiling two amiibo dioramas, which oh. is kind of neat because you know you get your amiibos and you're done playing with them or whatever you've mm-hmm. installed them into your system and you don't touch them anymore. They sit on a shelf. Pretty much. Well, the the dioramas make your shelves look a little bit prettier. They're little foldable backgrounds basically, and they fit five amiibos on them. So they just make a little nice little setup. So that way your collectible items look a little bit nicer. That's cool. So I said there's two. There's going to be one for Super Smash, Super Smash Brothers and one for Kirby. They're foldable. They're going to be under $10 each. And they'll be available at the end of April. So. Oh, not that long. I thought they would have been sticking around. Well, I said they'll be available at the end of April. Oh, Not- <laughs> thought, my bad. I misheard you. I heard it's going to be over in April. No. Sorry. And, you know, if these do well, they'll probably make more. Like, we'll probably see one for Hyrule. Probably see one for, like, a Metroid one or yeah, something, probably. you know? Yeah, Maybe, like, Nintendo-themed yeah, ones. Yeah, the Mushroom Kingdom, that. you know? Yeah. So, that I think that'll be really cool, just because it'll be nice little additions, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that's really cool. I hope they do come up with some more of those. And kind of just sticking with the, I guess, sports game industry things. Like, this, this article isn't necessarily game or sports or anything. It's just kind of something that caught my eye. I think it's just cool. I'm really into esports. For those of you who don't know what esports is, it's like StarCraft, League of Legends, uh, Heroes of the Storm. You get paid to play video games, basically, against other if people. If you're professional. If you're good. <laughs> esports, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Out of most countries, like Europe, North America, Korea are usually like the mainstays. Japan is now getting into it as well. You would think they would have gotten into mm-hmm. it a long time ago because they're so. such a technology-based country. Technological, yeah. Um, but they're more mobile-based, from my understanding, versus well, actual console. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, or computer, really. So the whole point of this is basically is that to be able to play professional sports in Japan, you had to be a Japanese citizen because it's really, really hard to get a work visa there. And Pretty much the only ways to mm-hmm. do so are if you're a language instructor, mm-hmm. you're something to do with finances, yep. or an engineer, or a professional athlete, which can get you an entertainment visa. Exactly. And so like almost everywhere around the world, they contract players. Just like any professional sports team, you get people from like baseball from Cuba or Japan actually comes over here a lot to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Same thing's now happening with esports. Mainly you're drawing from like Korea because they're so good. Now the Japanese government is considering esports a legitimate professional sport. 
They're actually giving out entertainment visas now that will cover pro gamers. Yep. They gave the first two away to two Korean LOL players, League of Legends players, who joined a Japanese team called Detonation Gaming. Which is awesome. It is. It's the first time they've ever done so. And, you know, it recognizes esports players as equal to traditional sports players. Exactly. So, so these people are just like professional baseball or golfers or tennis. And that's huge. Huge. It is, and it, it'll bring in a lot of revenue too, mm-hmm. just because you know, looking at how things have grown here in the U.S. with mm-hmm. esports and stuff like that, you know, they they rent out major stadiums yeah, and have things like really that, do. tournaments and it's what. Crazy how big it's gotten. Right, so it can only be good things by doing it in such a gaming-based country like Japan. Yeah, and I mean, esports to me is really a, a big thing. It's something kind of like for our day and age, our generation and the generation after us. It's so big nowadays when the finals for like League of Legends comes around, it is almost equivalent to like the NFL Super Bowl in terms of viewers watching. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And it used to only be like a Korean thing. Like Korea is huge on esports, StarCraft, World of Warcraft, and things like that. They televise those events. It is now starting to be something that is televised in bars here. Yeah, which is amazing because yeah. a long time ago, even just 10 years ago, people would have been like, um, no, what are yeah, you talking about? I want the NFL, <laughs> I want football on. Give me football. I don't care about the internet. Like, right. It's so different now. Yeah, it's amazing though. Really cool. So I'm going to now spam video games because I want a work visa to go play in <laughs> Japan. <laughs> on the same note as Japanese games, although this isn't really anything you can have a tournament with. No. Um, we finally got Mitomo. Yes. It released just a couple of days after our last podcast actually Mm -hmm. um it released on march 31st for ios and android and in the first four days in the u.s it got 1.6 million downloads so which is insane yeah it's not the same as japan but it's still really good hey we're two of those million we are (laughs) we are two of those 1.6 million what do you think so far I like it, but man, is that thing time consuming. It really is. And it's also battery consuming. Like, it's fun to just kind of log in for a few minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're not doing anything. Like, if you're laying down to go to bed, or you're laying down waking up, or if you're in the bathroom for a while or something, you know? It's organization's a little whack. (laughs) Terrible way to put that. But I really, it like, having to answer several questions just to get through all of them is just... Like, I only have... I think three friends with my Miitomo right now. Yeah. You and two others. And it takes a really long time for me to get through all your guys' questions or answers to questions that you've been asked and comments to stay up to date with. Well, you don't have to go through every single one. I know, but like me being me, <laughs> I want to complete it. Like, yeah. that's just kind of like how I am. Right. And so, like, I haven't logged on probably in a couple days now just due to the fact that, like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to because of work oh, more goodness. so than anything. And it's like my, my notifications is blown up for yeah. me. And I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't want to go see all of these things. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it might make it easier for you if you just go to your Mitomo friend's house. Mm-hmm and you visit them for a while, you can only see their questions if you do it that way. As You're opposed to, to just doing, show, show you. Do that. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. I have no idea how to go see those houses. Like okay. you, I've seen you like talking to people. <laughs> like that one time you are just like gibberishly talking and yeah. I had no idea. I was like, how are you even with that person right now? <laughs> and yeah, so I, I mean, I like it, but 
it's very cutesy, but there's yes. really nothing, there's no point to it. No. And I think that's my biggest thing about it. It's a little too casual. I, I feel like it needs something more. I don't think it's meant to be a game. Well, I think it's meant to be a new, fun, interactive social media. Well, yeah. And I mean, it is. But at the same time, it's like I get bored with just questions. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a couple of other things you could do with your friends, mm-hmm. that would be fun too, instead and of just like questions. Games. Yeah. As far as my me goes, my popularity level is five and my fashion level is eight. Wow. I'm fancy. <laughs> you are very fancy. You definitely put in some more time than I have, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my popularity is. I think it's maybe a two. Oh, okay. And my fashion level is probably just about a two <laughs> as well. And that's the only reason why, because like, to be able to get more fashion, you have to spend coins. And to earn coins, you need to answer questions. I haven't been answering that many questions, so right. I don't have any coins. Well, you can also just um, leave comments on things, but you haven't been doing that either. No. So. Um, sticking with the mobile games, how's your cats doing? Um, yeah, they're doing good. I have met and taken pictures of 28 out of 53 cats. Which is awesome. I've bought a yard extension Mm -hmm. and I'm close. I almost have, I need like 20 more golden fish for a yard remodel. Um, to clarify the yard extension, it's not like she made the backyard bigger. She just now gets to see like half the inside of a house. Yeah, so I get another five spaces for cats mm-hmm. to hang out, which is good because it's twice as many. Yeah, and you need to have more things for cats to play with. Yeah, you you literally get ten spaces total to put toys out and attract cats. This uh, this game to me, like, I don't see myself downloading it, but I love seeing all the little cats when you have them and like for whatever reason it's like super cute. Yeah, just like seeing their faces like popped out, pop, popped out, poked of, like, out, a, poked <laughs> out, popped out of like a little hole or like their little tails and like butts wiggling because they're like head first in a pile of leaves right the game he's talking about by the way is neko atsume yes he did not clarify <laughs> i thought we were on that clarification my apologies <laughs> well just saying one of the things you mentioned is that you can get special cats yes i've gotten two special cats already yes i got billy the kitten and and since we're doing our whole baseball thing, yeah. I got lucky and I got Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe DiMaggio is wearing a Hanshin Tigers jersey. That's so just it a actually, really good coincidence. It really is, yeah. Wasn't he, planned. No, so if you get the baseball and you put that in your yard, randomly he'll show up. And he's got a bat and everything and he just kind of stands there and you looks know, at the ball. He does have a bat. I thought his bat was his tail. No, no, no. It no. kind of looks like he's no, like no, holding no. his own tail as a bat, which... <laughs> is kind of funny and billy the kitten he's cool but he's not as cool as joe dimaggio no just saying yeah i still think it should (laughs) billy the kitty it could have been because it's billy the kid yeah it would have made more sense well but kittens are kid cats i know but i was thinking like k-i-d-d-y words (laughs) but spelled differently yeah whatever don't judge me in my wordings so we'll see how much further I get next next podcast. Yes, updates will be weekly Given. until we figure out when all the cats show up. As I fade away from the mic because I was losing <laughs> my steam. Anywho, on to Final Fantasy 15 because I can read Roman numerals. It took me a minute. I thought it was 14 until I realized 14 was already out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I... But, you know, yeah, 15. Ooh. So there's a lot of stuff happening with Final Fantasy XV, mm-hmm. finally. Finally. Um, they have finally re- released a release date. <laughs> I can talk. <laughs> I would have gone with revealed. Yeah. They revealed a release date, they which did. is September 
30th. So it's not even that far away. No. Which is pretty amazing. Yes. They've been working on this game since 2006. So expect low quality graphics. No, 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 no. It's been 2006. It's 10 years. They're using 10 year ago technology. But they're not. They've been <laughs> upgrading it for 10 years. That's, <laughs> that's why it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> You're so weird. Okay, so looking at this, there's a ton of notes for Final Fantasy. I didn't think there'd be that much for just one game. What's going on? Well, it's not just a game. They're also going to have a prequel anime that's five episodes long. They have already released the very first episode. Oh, okay. It's called Brotherhood, and it it's about the main characters before they left for the game, basically. Because okay. in the game, they've left their kingdom on a road trip or something, and you, that's kind of what's happening. Oh. So this is before they left on that road trip. I'll be doing a blog about it once all five episodes are out, so that way we can cover, you know, all five episodes. Cool. And not only are they having an anime series, there's also going to be a standalone CG movie. It's called Kingsglaive, and it's not only just aimed at introducing people to the Final Fantasy world, but it's going to give background on the main character's father, whose name is King Regis. Oh, and that's cool. Yeah, it's basically the story's parallel to what's happening in the game, mm-hmm. but we're going to be seeing what's happening in the kingdom after the boys have left, basically. Oh, okay. So you're like getting like a, a good side story. Yeah. Okay. It looks really cool. They have a lot of big name actors on it. Two people from Game of Thrones are going to be voice actors. Sean Bean? Yes, Sean Bean is one of them. No wonder why you're really excited about this. And not only him, but um, the guy from Breaking Bad. Not the main guy, but his friend. Oh, um, the guy who did Need for Speed and whatnot. Yeah. Jesse was his name in Breaking Bad. Yes, I can never... Paul something? Paul. doesn't matter. Paul Paul something or another. Yeah. He's not really a memorable <laughs> person, per se. Well, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of big people. It's going to be released in September, right before the game comes out. Um, but it's only going to be available as a stream or download. Mm-hmm. You can only get a Blu-ray if you pre-ordered the special edition of the game. Oh, wow. Okay. And speaking of special editions, there's mm-hmm. going to be three different versions. One oh, of geez. which, yeah, one of which you can only get from the Square Enix online store. Okay. So there's obviously just the regular game edition. It's Sixty bucks. Yeah. Then there is the special edition. It's the game that comes in a metal box, and you get King's Glaive in, on the Blu-ray, and then you get three bonus in-game items. Like what? Like weapons or something? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And the then normal kind of like yeah. bonus pack. And that's going to cost you $30 more, bringing your total to $90. Mm-hmm. Then, this is the one that's available only at the Square Enix online store. It's like the ultimate Ichiban pack. I don't know what it's called. But... I don't know if I'd pay this much money for anything. Well, no, I I would, but... Okay, so the total is $270, oh. and bear with me. <laughs> so you get the game. Okay. You get the metal box for the game. Okay. You get King's Glaive on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You get a metal box for that. Mm. You get the same three bonus in-game items. Mm-hmm. You also get four in-game item packs. Okay. You get the Brotherhood anime on Blu-ray as well. Okay. You get the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You get a 200-page hardcover art book. Mm-hmm. And you get an exclusive made 11-inch Noctis figure that's made by Play Arts Kai. So it's very high quality, and this is the only way you can get this character. He's the main person in the game. Okay. Now, the other figures that are coming out for that line, obviously Mm -hmm. not him because he's not available, but the other figures that are available are $130 by themselves. 
So you're only paying $180 more for this special edition than the other special edition. Mm -hmm. Most of that's going to go towards the figure. It's $270. But you get the art book and the soundtrack and the anime and the figure. <laughs> you go take stuff. out a loan to afford this then. A loan? <laughs> it's $270, man. Well, I'm just saying. If I was going to get one, if I was a collector and I would really want that figure, yeah. that I would totally do that because well, it's mean, 100 bucks in itself. What is this nonsense about Justice Monster 5, which I thought I read as Juice's Monster at first? <laughs> Juice's Monster. <laughs> so jo- Justice Monster 5 <laughs> is part of this Final Fantasy note, so what is yes. it? Yes, so it's also... Okay, so not only do they have all this other nonsense mm-hmm. for this game, but they also have this mini-game that's going to be available as a download for the iOS and Android. It's a pinball game, Okay. but it's like a pinball battle mini-game. Mm-hmm. So like when you're throwing the little ball up in the pinball thing it actually gives damage to the monsters up at the top of the screen somehow okay i, I can see that That's yeah cool. and so when you do that it gives you in-game currency for final fantasy 15 oh neat okay. so it's it's cool you know whatever this all this stuff that's happening for this one game makes sense because they've spent 10 years just trying to get it to go yes and well it, oh, and by the time the game comes out it's almost gonna be 2017 so really they spent 11 years right well the reason why they're spending so much time on it mm-hmm. is because a lot of people feel like whatever happens with this game is going to make or break the franchise well make or break the franchise they've had games come out in the 10 year span that this one has been being created They've had little mini ones mm-hmm. like um, like theater rhythm where you dance along and yeah. do stuff like that. But yeah. there hasn't been an actual like game game since the ones with lightning. I want to see it. I might want to play it. I don't know if I really want to play it. I'm probably going to end up falling asleep on the couch. And that's why they're trying so hard because there's so many people who didn't get into it when I did mm-hmm. that just can't get into it now. I like it's a cool game and I like it, but like I don't know. It's just too slow. It's not for everybody. No. But it should be. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot about Final Fantasy, I'm not going to lie. It is. Um, Are you getting tired already? <laughs> yeah, man. It's my bedtime already. We're actually recording this after work, which is not something we normally do, but some schedule changes have happened. Yeah. And so it's 7 a.m. right now. I'm tired. We haven't we gone to sleep third yet. shift. I worked my 11 and a half hour day and reporting. See? Reporting. Reporting. <laughs> Reporting for recording. <laughs> Reporting <peoples>. live. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is something actually that would be really cool to have at work. It, I think, would help a lot of people. Yes. Um, sticking with these major Japanese companies, Sony, um, well, not Sony itself, but they have like um, a subdivision, I guess, known as Future Lab Program, came up with a project known as N. Just the letter N. Like Madonna. Yeah, basically it's a prototype of a hands-free and ear-free audio headphone piece. It's kind of weird. Um, the video doesn't really show you a whole lot. The explanation kind of just gives you a brief overview, but, but it's like a a neck holster, I guess. It, it looks kind of like those travel pillows. Yes. It, uh, but uh, smaller. Yeah, smaller. Um, and the version that you kind of see is white. And from my understanding, the way this thing works is it kind of sends, like, sound waves to your ears like headphones would. Only you're supposed to hear it, I believe. But it says that there's open speakers and voice prompts that kind of go along on the machine itself. And the machine also has a camera and sensors and GPS on Mm -hmm. it. So, I don't know. It doesn't, like, I don't see how... 
it's gonna work that no, way. No, like I don't understand. Like I originally was thinking this was an item because it's supposed to take headphones out of the picture. The whole point of headphones isn't necessarily because it's more comfortable to have headphones to listen to your music. It's so that way your hands are free. It, well, your hands are free, and the fact that no one else has to hear what you're listening to. Well, yeah, that too. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna pop in my headphones. I wanted to be hands free, but people don't need to hear me blasting in sync. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nobody needs to hear that. Um, <laughs> but on, also on that note, I don't think that you would take this device to the gym anyway because it's a necklace. It's just no, going to be bouncing all over I'm, your shoulders. No, but like again, like I'm on the airplane. I don't need to be hands-free on the airplane, but I want to listen to my music. Right. People, again, don't need to hear me blasting and B2K. B, B2K. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what B2K is. Anyway, my point being, people don't need to hear my music, right? And I don't want to hear other people's. But then, again, if I want to sleep on the airplane, headphones are uncomfortable. Right. So I assumed, I thought, like, it was going to be on your neck, send, like, sound waves through your jugular, and you would just deal with it that way. Well, you are so distressed about this. I I, am. I'm upset. My my mindset has changed for what this item was supposed to be. You have opened my eyes to what might be a very frustrating thing. I'm going to send Sony an email, and they need to fix this. This is just a prototype, though. Don't don't forget. So, I mean, it's going to undergo a lot of changes. They brought it up for the South by Southwest conference in Mm -hmm. Austin, Texas that already took place. So we'll see what ends up happening and what further developments that come with it. But I think it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea, but I'm just going to take my iPhone, put a string through it, and then hang that from my neck, and I got a hands-free speaker. Yeah, I mean, you could do that too. That's kind of the same thing. And it's going to listen to me too. And Siri can talk back, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if that's really what it is, I'm severely disappointed. I'll go make my own damn neck speaker. I mean, we'll see. Like, it would be cool, though, if they had something that just attached to your neck, so that way you could hear it that way. But that would also be kind of strange, so I don't know. Who knows? I'm tired of talking about this. I'm frustrated. Because it would have to, you also have to think, it would have to fit different people's necks of different sizes. Well, yeah. So. Well, it's going to have to do that no matter what it is. Well, not if it's just, like, a U that goes around your neck. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. They should just come up with, like, a headband. I'm pretty sure there are, but th- not everybody <laughs> likes headbands. No. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, on to what I'm not sure if I'm going to like. Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to like it either. No. I probably won't. <laughs> so, I'm sure some of you might have heard there's, like, well, a, a ramen burger in Japan. Yes. They've been around for quite some time, you know, yeah. just kind of randomly here and there in different places. But there is actually a trademark ramen burger shop that sells ramen burgers. And um, the to clarify, it is, it's like a, it's a dry noodle, not a wet noodle. A dry noodle. A dry noodle. It's just not, a dry noodle. Just a dry <laughs> One what strand. He's try, what, he's trying, <laughs> what he's trying to say <laughs> is that you take a burger and you replace the buns with the dried noodles that you would get out of your cup of noodle. Yeah, or like your top ramen. Yeah, or top ramen, so You can do this at home if you wanted to. You people. really could, yeah. I wouldn't so, suggest it. Cause, well, then again, I haven't eaten dry ramen noodle, so I don't necessarily know if it's good or not. It's pretty good. Oh. Not going to lie. Oh. But it's really I don't bad know. bad for you, isn't it? Yes. Well, there's so much salt. Yeah. Like, but I don't know if um, these are specially made noodles, because, I mean, they can't just open up a pack of Top Ramen and use those noodles. <laughs> I bet you they could. It only costs 99 cents. <laughs> well, <for them. laughs> well, it's funny you say that, because... So, okay, so the reason we brought this up is there's a restaurant here now in America, Red Robin. They have mm-hmm. a lot of burgers. They're known yum. for their burgers. Yeah, Red Robin, yum. That's so their delicious, thing. by the way. So 
they are introducing on their menu the red ramen burger, <laughs> which is exactly the same thing. It's a ramen burger. Yeah. But on, I think, one or two of the days, they mm-hmm. are actually going to make the price like 33 cents. So that way, because they want it to as a joke, you know? Yeah, college day for sure. Yeah. So, it, but that's not the normal price. No, I don't know what the normal it, price it is. It doesn't matter. But the, the toppings on this burger are not one of my liking. It's all spicy stuff. There's like jalapenos. 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 <laughs> 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 Jalapenos gonna make me sick. Oh God! <laughs> and then there's like sriracha. And... There's no sriracha. I thought there was sriracha. No, there's spicy stuff. Yeah, it's it's there's a spicy aioli that goes on top of it. And it's got like a spicy coleslaw. It's not coleslaw, but like spicy items that are made of the coleslaw. Yeah, spicy aioli. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and jalapenos. Jalapenos. So... <laughs> But the burger itself is a teriyaki burger, so I mean that they gotta it's have not, the, no, no, the no. heat to offset all the salt. No, I bet is what it is. Probably no, because heat is salt. They need the sweet to offset the heat. Well, then that's what. <laughs> Are you gonna rhyme? Yeah, <laughs> I guess know, that's what the teriyaki is like, for. I mean, if this was in Japan, I would probably like it and would probably try it as is because I tried this like sweet heat chicken KFC sauce. When we were in Japan, and it was <laughs> amazing. Like it was, it was super sweet at your first bite, and then like yeah. a little heat at the back end. It worked so well. <laughs> Are you okay? No, because I'm so hungry. <laughs> well, the red ramen burger. Since we were talking about that, it's going to be available for two months, um, starting like now. So yeah. if you want one, you better go to Red Robin and get the Red Ramen burger. Yeah, we're going to attempt to get there ourselves um, yes. so that we can try it, and we'll let you guys know. Yeah, I don't anticipate good things no. just because I am terrible with spicy stuff. Yeah. So we'll see. And it, I don't know I don't know how you're going to eat a burger with crunch. Yeah. Like, well, like, it'll be an experience. Oh my crunch sound. <laughs> Jalapenos, everybody. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Anywho, uh... if you and if anybody ends up going to Red Ramen, Red Robin, and getting the Red Ramen burger, let us know how you liked it. Share some photos, whatever you know. We we would love to see it before we get a chance to go out. Make sure you get minus the jalapenos, (laughs) because that's just awful. (laughs) Jalapenos and teriyaki sauce just aren't mixing in my brain. Well, I'm I'm just kind of excited that they brought the idea over here. Yeah, because that's really cool. That's such a Japanese thing. Yeah, you know. So um. I feel like a lot of things are actually taking the Japanese culture a lot more here. Yeah. Um, so, I agree. We got the sushi Ritos. And, yeah, the sushi and Ritos. The and things from Pokeworks. Yeah, exactly. It's really yeah. cool. Keep it coming, people. Keep it coming. Uh, on that note, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Super Sugoi Cast. Our first, our one one year and one podcast Late or yeah, yeah, I don't know. Find us at Super Sugoi Cast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube. YouTube. We have I think two videos up. Yeah, and, and soon we're still to learning come more. Yeah, <laughs> we're so still if learning. you guys have any advice for uh, <laughs> editing and whatnot and programs that can go with iPhone video, like 
iMovie. Yeah. I, well, not necessarily iMovie because iMovie is the way to edit right now. But we shoot our videos on our iPhones because they're pretty high quality. Yeah. Um, if and we you don't guys, have anything else. No. So. If you guys have any like video editing knowledge, send us a message and let us know what's the best way to go about it. With that being said, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, and then also subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, make sure to send us a message at supersuicast on gmail.com. On Gmail? At gmail.com. <laughs> we also have shirts and other things available at notlg.spreadshirt.com. We've had shirts now for mm-hmm. a few weeks, and mm-hmm. they're actually really good quality. They so they're, they're, They fit really well. They're, they're comfy. Not fading away. Yeah. Take a look. Check us out on Not of Living Gates Network, notlg.com. All of our old podcasts are there, mm-hmm. as well as podcasts from other people. And you can <laughs> see our funny-looking pictures that we like to put together for you guys. I was a Pikachu one time. <laughs> you were you were Pikachu and a Moogle? And a Moogle. You know, I, all my dreams are coming true with these photos. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure to uh, give us a like. Also, thank you to Alex Barroza for our music. We'll put his link so anybody can check out some more stuff. Bye! Bye.